Buck Rogers in the 25th century. It's Little Orphan Annie. Presenting Superman. Up in the sky. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Welcome to Four Color Separation, a podcast about comic strips, comic books, where they came from, where they've been, and where they're going, with your hosts, Jonathan Ezor and Jeff Lindenblatt. Hello. Welcome to our first podcast. Uh, I'm Jonathan Ezor. And I'm Jeffrey Lindenblatt. And we are friends and comic fans. Mm-hmm. And what makes it interesting is that I'm a classic Marvel fan, and you're a classic DC fan. That's true. That, that makes it very interesting. But also, Jeffrey is a renowned expert on comic strips, mm-hmm. and he and I have been talking forever about all the ways that other media influence comics and mm-hmm. comic strips, and how they, in turn, go out and influence other media, mm-hmm. and that we thought maybe that would be worth a discussion. Yeah. Uh, and... If, as we go along, we'll mm-hmm. be talking about everything from the pulps mm-hmm. to radio, mm-hmm. those heroes who started on radio, yeah. those heroes who came to okay. radio, uh, movies, TV, mm-hmm. Broadway and, musicals. And actually, the best example of this, since we're going to talk about it, is Superman, because he done everything. Yep. If you think about the different media in which a comic or comic book character can appear, mm-hmm. the Man of Steel... Now in his seventy-fifth year, mm-hmm. uh, has done just about everything, mm-hmm. from, of course, comic books, action number one, yeah. cover date June third, nineteen thirty-eight, published in April. Well, you, you give the idea; it's April thirty-eight. That's what. It, <laughs> uh, to daily comic strips and mm-hmm. that have, that lasted for decades. Twice, two runs, actually two runs, actually. Uh, so those people are aware yeah. of, and the movies, mm-hmm. Chris Reeve. Uh, Brandon Routh, and then most recently Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but if you think about it, its first feature film was George Reeves. Right. Um, people don't think about that. Right. Okay. But Superman's uh, on-screen debut was actually animated. Right. Uh, and then there were the serials with Kirk Allen, mm-hmm. George Reeves, who did some theatrical, and then yeah. the television show. Yeah. We could just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, the musical, mm-hmm. uh, by the people who later and must much more, I think, competently created Annie. Yeah, but also they, they were also part involved with the Superman, the motion picture. Right. Uh, they're, they're the ones that introduce what we know today as the split personality of Clark, of, uh, of Clark and Superman, in the sense that we know, that we know of today. Well, the point is that, uh, Superman has been just about everywhere, mm-hmm. and what's remarkable is how quickly that happened, right. and that was uh, something that we were discussing, that this wasn't a slow process. No. Superman appears in April 1938, 38. cover mm-hmm. date June 38. Right. A year later, uh, as we've just recently found I, on actually, YouTube... Actually, if you go for the next step, would be that already by January of thirty nine. It's appearing as a newspaper comic strip early. Okay, so there's your first new medium. Yeah. In a sense, of course, that's what uh, that was originally what uh, Jerry What's, Siegel and Joe Schuster intended. Right. But rather than and we all and as the story goes, it's Sheldon Mayer was working at the McClure offices at the time when they were pitching it. That's the famous. That's one of the stories that we hear about the origins. Right. Yeah. So by the beginning of the following year, so less than you know about eight Six nine months, months away, yeah. they were in. Newspapers, mm-hmm. as well as in comics books. Mm-hmm. By 1939's World Fair in New York, and we just found uh, a YouTube video, which mm-hmm. we'll post as part of the show notes, mm-hmm. Superman Day World's Fair 1939, mm-hmm. there was a Superman float and an actor dressed in the very familiar blue and red mm-hmm. uh, with the original 
shield, very much simpler shield, yeah. riding on a float. And it actually has the red, white, and blue look, you know, that, that famous look that he's, you know. And actually, think about it, he, you wouldn't see him color for at least... That's right. Yeah, it was until the cartoons and the, the, the animated cartoons. Right. So that was 1939. By right. I guess probably 1940, you have the radio show. I think. Well, you actually, think. I think they they did some pilots in 39. They did the. So their, right. So the next the next major medium was radio, yeah. long running radio show, many mm-hmm. of which are available. In fact, I think almost all of which are uh, available. I believe, I believe the way it is now. I believe that when it was first it was a three day a week syndicated show, and that. It was lasted about three hundred and twenty-five. I believe I, I don't remember this. Three hundred twenty-five episodes from early from forty to forty-two, and all of them are available, which is great. Then it became a. Then I think the Mutual Network took it over, and it was a five-day week program, and that went for at least seven, eight years. Many of them are available. Right. Uh, uh, when we say available, and again, this will be in the show notes. Uh, so much of of the early stuff, of course, yeah. not the comic books themselves. Uh, but a lot of the, the radio shows have gone into the public domain. Right. And I think also you remember the, uh, the, the 17-episode Fleischer cartoon. Right. RPD. So we haven't even gotten to those yeah, yet. Yeah, that's 41. Um, so the radio show comes, and then the next major medium that yes. he hits in, uh, the Fleischer Studios, famous for Popeye for Gulliver's Travels, probably the major studio competing with Disney for yeah. feature length right. as well as shorter films, right. does a phenomenal series of animated Superman shorts right. uh, that are are shown in the theaters. There's even a Superman comic story yeah, where Clark and Lois go to right. watch these. Actually, the very first one was actually nominated for Best Cartoon Animated Short in 1942. The very first one was nominated. It lost out to, I think, a Disney piece, but, I mean, it was nominated for an Academy Award. The, the, the uh, artwork there... They're worth watching. Those two are in the public domain, which is why now uh, you you often see those Superman cartoons at a two dollar DVD right, at right. your local discount store yeah. because anyone can legally uh, can legally distribute them, and you can find them online as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, the radio show continues. The comic books we, thrive. We actually, we've lost one important thing we forgot about. Okay, that that, oh. that after about a few months, it had its own title. Which was rare at that time, you know. That, right. Anyway, most of the titles, comic books at the time, were anthology comic books, and you didn't have a character taking a solo book by itself. And it was so popular that that they didn't create new material to like the fourth issue. It was like they rushed, ready rushed into production. That the first three issues were basically reprints of early action stories that sold out, and at least the first, at least six months of the comic strip. That most of the audience didn't see, and then to the fourth issue already, they already got new material already. So it very rushed into production. Right. So for those who are not as immersed in the Man of Steel as as we are, uh, of course, Superman premiered as one of the features in Action Comics mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. from DC Comics, uh, National Periodicals, yeah. whatever its name was at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but he happened to be the cover story, mm-hmm. and. He wasn't probably the, the most copied cover of all time. I think. Yes, um, I believe that he was not necessarily the cover for all the early issues of Action. I believe that he was in the first six issues. I think a couple of them, not everyone, but after a certain issue, I think maybe seven or eight, right. he became the cover permanently. Uh, I mean, you had characters like I think Slam Bradley was in that issue. Zatara the magician. No, Slam Bradley was in the detective. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Okay. okay. Santana was the most Zatara the magi- was a, magician. Was probably the most successful of the Oh, and what's his name? Became a con- became uh Congo Bill. Congo Bill was in I believe in the earliest. I'm not sure the first issue maybe maybe, maybe, maybe Dr. Cult. Dr. Cult was There were a the, lot of there right. were a lot of Seagull, Seagull shows were working at, D- at DC for a couple of years right. doing different series at the time. Um uh, so but Superman was such an immediate hit mm-hmm. that he stayed as the lead in action. And as Jeff said, he, he, be, he had his own title. Batman was the started in issue number 27 of Detective. Right. And following but, in Superman's yeah, pattern yeah, a, year yeah, later, yeah, a year later. But Superman was a leader in that too. Well, that, you, you remember that, that, that time the comics were mostly published, except for maybe they were published by the Pulp people. Pulp's. At the time, also were were anthology titles. You didn't have a solo character, except you had some hero characters that had backup stories also in the magazine. But you didn't have a character, one character, take over the entire book. 
that was a rarity. Right. Know? And then this was a, no one has done, you know, people followed it afterwards. But right. So, we move on into the 40s. Uh, we have the animated. So we begin to see uh, the radio show just taking off. Yeah. There's a novel. George Lowther wrote a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of merchandise right. opportunities. The World Fair issues would kind of be the first merchandise issues you think about. Right. So there were, in fact, special comic books coming out of that 1939 World's Fair. And 1940. And 1940. By 1940, it included Batman, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman, of course, like most of the DC heroes, didn't go to war. Right. Uh, in fact, at some point... Famously, they had to explain why, and uh, there was a story where Clark was went in for his draft physical and uh, got a little distracted, turned on his x-ray vision, which, of course, was not one of his initial powers. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Uh, ended up reading the eye chart in the next room, right. was 4F, was said un- undraftable, and so he uh, was stateside for the war, of course. That was by necessity. That uh, was actually on the newspaper strip they did that for. It wasn't the comic book. It was the newspaper, it was newspaper, newspaper story. Strip. Okay. Yeah. There was a one, one page special story if Superman won think, the war, how think, Superman won look, the war. Look, I think it was for Look, look Ma- magazine, magazine, which showed why they didn't send superheroes to war. Yeah, they put, <laughs> uh, because particularly someone like Superman, he would have won the war in about a day. Yeah. And then the readers would be looking around and saying, no, no. sorry. Um, and then you move into the late 40s, post-war. He was one of the only superheroes uh, who's been continually published mm-hmm. from his origins mm-hmm. 75 years ago. But I think that we've got to also talk about already that before we get to World War II stuff, that already Superman is influencing the, the explosion of superhero comic books. Every, every company is trying to make their own Superman everywhere. Right. But when you get to like, the World War II age, we now have the reverse happen. Superman's being influenced by another character. He becomes he becomes more comical. He loses he, he loses that edge right. that he was having because at the time one of its biggest competitors became a became better better seller and DC, and National decided, well what's the success of that series? Right. And it, if, it was or that, that was of course that was Fawcett's Captain Marvel, Marvel. Uh, otherwise known as Shazam. Yeah. Uh, and I think we'll probably do. A future podcast yeah. on the controversy mm-hmm. uh, between Fawcett and and DC yeah. over their caped right. superpower yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, Fawcett, Captain Marvel was one of the really the only ones that succeeded. DC mm-hmm. managed to sue a lot of them very right. quickly out of existence. Mm-hmm. I think Will Eisner was involved in at least one uh, of them. Yeah, it was one of them. But I think at that they also began to expand the Superman family right. very, very, in a small way, uh, by creating Superboy. That was in, in that the forty-seven, forty-six, in, in the 40s, 45, 45. Right, it, it was early on. Yeah, um, which led to some interesting legal things. Again, future future discussion of some of the lawyerly stuff. <laughs> um, but you know that was really the first expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in. And if you look at the characters, yeah. Jeff's talking about how he was influenced from being, uh, he started out really as an, as a crusader for the weak, for right. the helpless. Right. And his stories got more humorous, more campy, mm-hmm. influenced by the success of Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. And what's interesting enough, if you think of the medium stuff, the animated cartoons never got influenced by that humor stuff. The radio show never got influenced by the radio stuff. The comic book, was the main thing that they and what's interesting enough when they because the comic strip also copied that you start seeing a lot of papers start dropping Superman in the early mid 40s because there's humor stuff and the World War II stuff they were doing in the comic strip so the audience they didn't they, they the adult audience didn't like the change what they were going to Superman the kids liked it. the kids are young right. yeah, but the adults that were in because remember, remember that, that time frame adults read comic books too and also in the comics, newspapers have to be more adult, more adult-oriented right. stuff. Uh, so looking on, you know, so the 40s explosion of Superman in all available media. Right. Into the 50s, most of the superhero strips had gone away as we moved into the early 50s. Serial. Serial. Well, well, that's true. By the late 40s, you had the first movie serials with Kirk Allen and... 
uh, Noel Neal. And what's interesting about that is that most of the serials were shown as a Saturday morning piece. Superman was shown in main time, like, you know, afternoons on, during the weekdays. That's how popular the character was. Right. So these were, but the serials were very much like um, the other serial cliffhanger type movies of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were continuing stories, cliffhangers mm-hmm. in every chapter. Right. right. Um, Superman fighting, the Spider Lady fighting, all sorts of and, and interesting, the villains. The issues of the storylines they picked for the the bases on were from the radio show. They weren't from the comic book when they did back the, right. the, the Adam Man stuff like that. It's worth pointing out that as this podcast yeah. is about how the outside media influenced the comics, uh, Superman in particular, many of the elements that we think of today mm-hmm. as being essential to the Superman mythos, to the story, had their origins in the the radio show. Uh, Jimmy Olsen, as a... There was a copy boy named Jimmy in some early stories Mm -hmm. in the comics, but Jimmy Olsen, as a character with an identity and a name, that launches primarily in the radio show. Um, And the reason for that was because the the radio show was geared to a kid audience. It was an afternoon show. The, when, those, when you have a show that gears toward kids, you want a kid character right. that you could relate to. And that's why Jimmy Olsen was created. Because you want that, you know, I, I, like, I want to be Jimmy. I'm a kid. I want to be right. Jimmy. So, Whereas Captain America had Bucky and the Human Torch had Toro and of course yeah. Batman had Robin. Superman's lifestyle, let's put it that way, didn't automatically lend itself to having a, a kid sidekick. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there weren't too many super-powered kids who could keep up with him. Right. So, essentially, they gave Clark Kent the sidekick. Right. Um, Kryptonite... Well, remember, Perry White was also introduced in right. the radio show. Perry White was named, I think, the Daily Planet name. The Daily Planet came from the, com- the, the radio show. You know, Right. The original uh, editor was George Taylor at the Daily Star. Um, Actually, early, interesting enough, the early pilots, if you hear the pilots, which is available, it, it mentions that the, the Metrop- not Metropolis, they mentioned New York. Right, it's, and yeah. just like the early Batman yeah. comics were in New York. Yeah. Uh, the mythical cities took a while <laughs> to develop. Um, Kryptonite has its own interesting story. There was, and you can see um, the Superman Through the Ages website, which uh, has been up and down over the last few years, but it ran script pages from something called uh, a story about K-Metal, right. which was an unpublished story uh, that Siegel and Schuster had had. had put together inventing this metal from the planet Krypton that doomed Superman. Mm-hmm. In the course of the story, I think, he revealed his identity to Lois Lane, and there was a whole story direction that they didn't do. So that never got published. I, I, I believe that what Siegel thought was the normal progression. I think he did that in the blood transfer fusion storyline with super in a dream sequence. Was it a dream sequence? The Lois Lane Superman? Yeah. So this is what he wanted to do. He thought that he thought that the progression of the character was to have a, a sidekick would be a female someone to be with him. Super Lois. So, yeah, super Lois. But of course the powers that be said, No, we don't want this. We don't want to you know, keep the status quo. Uh, so that K Metal story was shelved, but the radio show and it's it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal story. <laughs> The radio show invented kryptonite. It named kryptonite. And the irony of why it created kryptonite, the story is told, uh, that they needed to give uh, Bud Collier a break. Yeah. Bud Collier was the voice of Clark Kent and Superman. He had a, he, he vo- his voice dropped an octave when he went from, hi, Mr. White, Clark Kent, to Superman. <laughs> um, but he needed a break. Yeah. So they created this whole long kryptonite storyline where Superman was paralyzed in a basement hideaway with kryptonite next to him so that Bud Collier basically didn't have to do anything on the show for something Somebody like... Somebody was going, ugh. Right. Uh. He moaned for two weeks. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, kryptonite became a major part of that. Uh, interestingly, Batman and Robin show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first crossovers between Superman and Batman happen on the radio show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the radio show continues. So the serials, Kirk Allen and a very young Noel Neal playing Lois Lane, late 40s. Uh, they begin work in the early 50s at a time when most of the superheroes were basically not being published yeah. anymore, both because that genre was out of publicity. I think, I think, I think national, except for 
with Fawcett, Fawcett and National were the last company still, and Quality was still publishing. Right. Um, and of course, uh, again, another story talking about the, the seduction of the innocent yeah. and the, the, the alleged scandal of how horrible comics were mm-hmm. for, for kids. But Superman is published continuously. Right. And as this new medium of television right. starts, so a new actor, George Reeves, is cast. Um, I should say, again, the fun crossover media stuff. Uh, if you watch the earlier serials, the Kirk Allen serials, they didn't have a big, big budget. Uh, they were shot for almost nothing. Right. And one of the things they didn't have budget for was special effects. <laughs> uh, you know... Any more than, than creating very lightweight guns to bounce off uh, Kirk Allen's chest. So, in, in rather than having him fly by suspending the actor or even shooting him in front of a screen, it's great to watch. When Superman takes off on the serials, it shifts to a cart, literally a cartoon Superman. Right. Mm-hmm. Something it looks like something out of the Fleischers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he flies around in these nice loops. Yeah. He lands usually behind a rock yeah. or in an alleyway, <laughs> and out pops Kirk Allen. The actually thing, the only time you see something, there's a scene I think in the second serial where you have the famous like smoke, and like he's doing this. Hang, well, I can't explain. He's like, hang, like, like hanging in the air, but he's not flying. And they, they look like he's flying, but he's not right. flying. That's the closest you get to some kind of flying sequence. Um, but then, uh, so they cast a new actor yeah. in the early fifties. Uh, they do the B- George Reeves. They do the B movie, right? They do a couple, uh, some new. They weren't serials. Oh, they, they, they were actually. It was, a B, it was a B movie. It was a B seventy minute called Superman and the Mole Man. Right. And actually, you don't see Superman fly. It's basically in that. You don't see. You, you don't even see animation. You just see. You just have the, like a pan scan of the air, flying in the air. You don't see him actually right. flying in that. Um, so that was sort of the trial balloon right. for the television right. series. And what's interesting know that the people who worked on the radio show were working on that's the first year of Super, the first year of Superman. And oh. it was this is a weird thing. It was filmed in nineteen fifty one, but didn't broadcast till nineteen fifty three they had enough stations to air the air the air the thing. Um, there are a lot of stories involved uh, with that first season. Um that it was it was black and white. There were no color sets of any kind. The costume, I think, was brown because it showed up better in, gray, in, in black, 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 black and white. Um, Phyllis Coates was cast as Lois Lane, um, and but the second season by the and George Reeves uh, was a character actor. He, he if you look at some of his bio stuff, he did all sorts of accents. He was probably best known to audiences for a very short. Appearance um, in Gone with the Wind. He is one of Scarlett O'Hara's suitors, suitors uh, in the very early parts of the of the but film. He also, did, he also did movie serials. So he was a he played a hero in one of the movie serials, I think, for Columbia. I think. Also but he was a he was a character actor. Yeah. He was cast in this role. Um, but after the first season of the show, that DC it's it's a, interesting about the first season. After the first, the DC now still national publications. Was concerned of how dark it was, how because because these people the people who did the TV the first season were from the radio and the radio show never adapted the humorous Superman stuff that happened eight years ago in the comic book. So they were they, they were taking their period 1951, but of course DC said no 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 this is very we, we have kids watching the show and 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 we don't want this darkness. So then they come back. Uh, Phyllis Coles is gone. No Neils comes back. I don't know what the story but happened. Right. There. So they brought, uh, the actress who had played Lois Lane in the mm-hmm. serial with Kirk mm-hmm. Allen, Noel Neal, came in, mm-hmm. um, to play Lois Lane again. Um, she had a, a lighter touch to her. Yeah. The, the stories became more lighthearted. It's a, the second season is a mixture. You have a mixture. Some are dark, some are great darker stories, some are beginning that light approach. And they would really go all out in the color episodes, which is, right. is, Pure humor, in a sense. So. Um, and, you know, the show was, was a big hit for yeah. many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it crossed over, of course, again, famously, into an episode of I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. where little Ricky wants to meet Superman right. and uh, go find it online or wherever, but George Reeves is there. Mm-hmm. Um, comics are continuing. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's the period where DC is about to relaunch its broader superhero uh, properties, 56 is when you start they were seeing. Experimenting. Right, you start seeing in their showcase title, 
the recreation of, of the Flash, mm-hmm. Green Lantern comes in. That's what's happening in the comics. Superman's just continuing. I would say more that, that science fiction was coming in more into the comic books. Beforehand, Superman, all the comics are really, Batman's a detective story. Superman's like fantasy oriented, has, you know, there really doesn't have any science fiction right. basis to it. That will change. I think I think that's when they experimented with science fiction, and that would be a big case with Superman later on, where it becomes more, more science fiction oriented. Right? Of course, this is the time as the TV show is succeeding. Yeah. Uh, that we start seeing the growth of the Superman family. Right. Uh, Superman, for the longest time, had been the sole survivor of the planet Krypton, mm-hmm. other than I think. One uh, late Golden Age story where there are three Kryptonian villains mm-hmm. who somehow survive. I forgot to tell one thing what's going on behind the scenes. We've got that Siegel and, Sh- Siegel and Schulster are gone. They were, kicked, they were left. They were kicked out of D.C. And then Siegel comes back during this new revival period when, when uh, Mort Weisinger takes over the books yeah. in 1958. Um, so by this period, we, Superman is a cultural phenomenon. A worldwide cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has succeeded at television, succeeded in the movies, in the comic books, uh, and they start broad. They start expanding his family. Mm-hmm. We uh, the Superboy comics, which were started as we said in mid to late forties, mm-hmm. that has gone on and done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, we start seeing. Supergirl comes. Well, I would say at that time, Superman is Superman and Superboy is running in five titles at the time. You got Action, you got Superman, you got World's Finest, you got Superboy and Adventure Comics. That, that Superman is is every, every, basically once a week you could pick up a Superman comic book probably, and you would see a new something with revolving Superman in there at the time. Uh, so DC starts adding uh, members of the family. <laughs> uh, his cousin Supergirl, who was actually the Supergirl character had been kind of tried out right. um, in a story with Jimmy Olsen and a magic tot. Don't even ask. Um, <laughs> but it got su- it was successful, and so they figured out that somehow his first cousin mm-hmm. was shot off in a rocket from a city that was that was sent off uh, into space right. with the explosion, carrying with it a bubble mm-hmm. of air. One thing I also remember that, that the Superman t- Superman TV show. Was not canceled. That's true. It was going to continue, but what happened? The death of George Reeves basically stopped that. Right. So it isn't. Superman never quite. I don't know if you say jump the shark. It's a little little no, few that, decades that, too that, early. That, that's that's you could, whatever you decide. But, but it's true. the The series was not canceled. George Reeves' mysterious death. death. <laughs> uh, some consi- some felt to be uh, not a suicide, but it was ruled a suicide. Mm-hmm. They were about to go back into production, so that stopped that. Um, they were attempted at some pilots, which yeah, really there was. is a Superboy pilot, and, Super Pup. Um, and yes, Super Pup. Pup. That was before before Superboy. Um, Using the same sets, yes, Bark <laughs> Bent, I think it was, became Super Pup. That is, is that the low of the history of uh, Superman? <laughs> it's it's certainly close. I think that. Um, it makes you wonder how many early hallucinogens were around <laughs> Hollywood. Um, the Superboy pilot itself is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, There's a story that ends up, I think, I don't know whether it started in a comic, but it, there's, a, there's a comic that goes exactly the same storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took place in Smallville. It had Lana Lang in it. Um, they weren't, weren't able to get a sponsor for that, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Superboy would end up on TV many, many years later. Right. We're going to that. Um, so by the early 60s, Superboy uh, is out there. He's become a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Which is kind of, not this family, but kind of a new right. thing. Superman has been joined by Supergirl, his first mm-hmm. cousin. Superdog, Crypto. And you got to remember, he joins the Justice League. That's right. The yeah. Justice League is... Around 1960. Because beforehand, he, he wasn't part of the society, only like maybe a, se- a semi-member, not a real member. So, and then already Superman and Batman are teaming up every every month in the world's finest. So now he's becoming a team player, right. in a sense. Um, and so we have Superdog and Super Ch- Beppo the Super Chimp, <laughs> both of whom were experimental animals that Superman's father sent off into space. 
but you also have um, Titano, the, super, the, the giant kryptonite vision super ape. <laughs> you have Comet, the super horse, who is not Kryptonian, but in fact... Uh, it's again. And how many forms of kryptonite we have in this new version? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, Comet was a centaur turned into a horse by Cersei and became a, a very interesting uh, character in Supergirl. There was sort of an odd thing of her mm-hmm. affection for the horse who could turn into a man. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Streaky the Super Cat, mm-hmm. right, who was occasionally mm-hmm. super. Right. Uh, it was just. And also, we meet Lo- uh, Superman's true love. In a sense. Which, which of the many? Lori Lamaris? Lori Lamaris, yes. Right, you get more of a backstory, yeah. uh, of the period between Superboy and Superman mm-hmm. where they have to sort of fill in some of those gaps. Um, you have an entire bottle city of, of Kryptonians that the vil- space villain Brainiac, uh, has, has Shrunk down that Superman rescues and keeps in his fortress. I think at that time frame they suddenly get better villains for Superman in that time with Graniac and all that stuff. Superman starts becoming more science fiction. Rose Gallery. He gets better Rose Gallery. Of course, he's also more powerful. Yeah. Uh, One of the other developments you see over the years is that Superman, at his launch, could leap one-eighth of a mile. And nothing less than a bursting shell could pierce his skin. Uh, by a few years, he couldn't fly at that point, but very quickly mm-hmm. he developed. Uh, well, it's a he faster could, than speed, more powerful, and more able to lift tall buildings in a single bound. Right. So he doesn't fly, he leaps. He leaps. Yeah. Um, that introduction, I guess, started with the radio show. Uh, the radio show and the animated anime was the one that really pushed it to But he very quickly could he had his super hearing. He developed X-ray vision. They didn't explain this. Was they the X-ray started... vision introduced in the animated episode? I or think the... X-ray vision, I believe it started in the comics. That okay. was one of the few. Um, he was leaping and then leaping a whole lot of distance. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, he wasn't just leaping. Mm-hmm. He was changing direction in mid-flight. <laughs> and he was flying. And he became faster by the end of World War II, forget the bursting shell. Yeah. He was surviving atom bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, he was traveling much faster. In fact, he discovers his origins. I guess 1948. He ofi- he officially discovers he's from Krypton, mm-hmm. Krypton because he flies faster than the speed of light right. and captures the light waves coming from Krypton. <laughs> um, so. The problem, of course, is when you keep upping his power ante, and they did, they continued through the 50s, Mm. certainly into the 60s, you've got to really up the power level of the villains. Uh, And so Kryptonite was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Synthetic, real, there were... Jeff Red, gold, blue... Right, you had green, which killed him. Gold, which could take away the powers, but only of a super-powered Kryptonian. Red, which had... Unexpected, unique effects and can turn Which had a great humor. They had fun with the writers coming up with new ways to... Right. Superman with a lion head. Superman turning into a Kryptonian drang, mm-hmm. dragon. Uh, Blue, which was created to kill Bizarros. Again, another spin-off. Yeah. Uh, Jewel Kryptonite from the Jewel Mountains of Krypton, which could kill plant life. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. White could kill plant life, I should say. Jewel could... Uh, Magnify the the mental powers of the Phantom Zone mm-hmm. villains, even more Kryptonians who are floating around mm-hmm. in this odd dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had some fake kinds of Kryptonite, mm-hmm. um, so that was there. Superman right. could be de- hurt by magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Sun could take away his power. That was sort of about it. Right. Well, actually, interesting. This time frame this is very interesting. In 1959. Uh, you know, the comic strip's been going on for 20 years. And it's always coming with original storylines. And they decided in 1959, no more original storylines. We're going to take comic book stories and adapt them to comic strips. Which happens for the next seven years. So basically, the now people are reading both... The, if you're not reading the comic book, you're going to actually read it in the comic strip now. So it's, it's, it changes the perspective of what's going on. So in the 60s, Superman was certainly still a major character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were the early um, 
animated series. Uh, I guess did Filmation do those? Uh, Filmation came out in '66. We have to. We have to. You're going a little ahead because big changes happen in who is the most popular character that DC has. And January '66 comes out a certain television show, right? That changes the whole perspective, and it, it, which which was called Batman, and that that changed Batman to become the most popular character right. in the. So Superman's been off TV for almost ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batman, the very campy uh, Batman series, is a huge success. Uh, Superman is sort of beginning to be a bit of an afterthought. If you think also right. about what's going on in the country, the right. United States, Superman's very establishment. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, they're not looking at how he originally started as a champion of the oppressed. Right. By, by the er- mid-60s, Superman is firmly an establishment character. Well, I think also that it's also the truth, justice, and the American way. And right. that also, the 60s American way is not exactly popular. With well, some not of, with some part of the... Yeah. So Superman's relevance starts coming into question. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do all sorts of things. Um, they try to, as we said earlier, they try to imitate the campiness of Batman with the uh, musical It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman mm-hmm. on Broadway with Jack Kennedy right. and Linda Lavin. Not a big hit. Yeah. Uh, it was revived a few times. It was done once for television in a horrible, horrible <laughs> version. Um, they try yeah. towards the end of the 60s, the beginning of the 70s, they try to re- depower Superman right. a little bit. Mm-hmm. They get rid of Kryptonite, mm-hmm. but then they try to depower him. Well, I think we'll also got to first of all, let's go back first. 1968, the animated show comes again. And that's very, it's, it's campish oriented, but not too campish oriented. But also they have revival because the people from the radio, the, the actors who did the voices, the radio show come back. Right. It's and, Bud Collier who does the voice of Superman in those 1960, late 1966 TV cartoons. And interesting enough that those cartoons were so successful that it became a whole, because it was so successful, that's the whole big boom of TV superheroes for two years on Saturday morning television came out because Superman and I think Space Ghost were the two big ones and then all the other networks wanted to create tons and tons of superhero type shows. So the cartoon was a big success for Saturday morning. Batman's a big success on television. Well, have, also another thing with Batman is that DC decides to cancel the Superman comic strip in 1966 and replace it with a Batman comic strip. So Superman could have continued as a comic strip for, for who knows how long. But because Batman was so successful, the syndicate said we want to do we want to syndicate Batman, not do Superman. So it's um, so you, you move into the seventies. Superman's starting to look a little bit irrelevant. Right. They they tweak him. Clark Kent, who's long been a newspaper reporter. Well, that's when Julie Schwartz takes over the books. So the, a lot of this has to do with who's editing them, and mm-hmm. Julia Schwartz takes over editing the comic books at DC. Um, but it's also what's going on with the culture. Super Clark Kent becomes a television reporter. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, an anchorman. Mm-hmm. Um, they try depowering him. It doesn't really last. Mm-hmm. They sort of forget about that. Um, they're starting to deal with some of the, the issues of continuity. Mm-hmm. Because he's been running, right, by 1970, mm-hmm. he's been running straight out for 32 years. Oh, yeah. And there's 32 years worth of stories. Mm-hmm. And they're not all modern. A lot of them are old. And so... They've got to stay, they, DC has already come up with some answer to how there can be Superman in 1938 and Superman in 1970. They have a second Earth. Again, probably enough grist for a future podcast. Um, but he's showing his age in a lot of ways. He's just not the, the really major character. And by that time already, even in the next 10, 15, Superman has one look. A great look. I mean, it looks great. I mean, Kurt Swan is doing basically the artist for the next, from the, from, from 62, the 60, 63 up until the 80s. He's basically the main, that's the look. So we, we had the image of Superman for 20 years. Same thing. But otherwise, in other mediums, we have the Super Friends cartoons that come out. Right. For, for an entire generation of kids in the 70s, they're introduced to Superman and Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman, and yeah. Robin. Um, and some supporting characters right. uh, through ABC's Super Friends c- cartoon that re- starts in what seventy three seventy three and runs in various iterations six about thirteen years. yeah um, and that is a much more I think child centered simple 
Superman. Right, it's only you don't only see Superman. You don't see Clark Kent that much. Superman is just being part of like a Justice League. It's right. a Justice League version of it. So that's Superman until, of course, 1978. Mm-hmm. Chris Reeve. Uh, reinvigorates mm-hmm. the pop culture status of Superman mm-hmm. with the first Superman movie. Right. The movie is basically almost in a sense an old-fashioned epic film. You know, the old... If you think about the way it's structured, it's very much like the biblical 50 films, the epic films you have, like, timeline, you know, jump, you know growing up like from a child to the a middle, middle, a, a teenager to the adult. So basically you have that old epic film structure right. that makes it seem... But it's certainly not grim and gritty. No. Uh, it's still played very much for camp. Uh, there are a few fun cameos in it. Uh, although I don't think it made it into the, the theatrical release. You see, you Noelle see, Neal, you see who, sleeping, but then you cut well, to, she was, she was, she was on the train. We should say. Yeah. So Superman, cut, right, at that point, there's been enough history that you do have some of these fan service cameos. Yeah. Uh, Noel Neal, who had played Lois Lane in the Kirk Allen serials and then in the second and on series, right. uh, seasons of the TV series, she is shown very briefly on the train right. as young Lois Lane's mother right. when teenage Clark is racing right. the train. In the un- longer version, the father also talks, and the father of Lois is Kirk Allen. Oh. Um, so, and of course, Superman 1 begets Superman 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were shot much at the same time. There was all sorts of director fights. If you have a chance and you're interested, track down... The uh, director's cut, Richard Donner director's the, cut. Right, the Richard Donner director's cut, the one that didn't make it into the theaters of Superman 2. Much better movie. Uh, unfortunately, it begets Superman 3 with Richard Pryor, and even much more, unfortunately, begets Superman 4, which, The Quest for Peace, and the, and which the, you should never track down. No, the no. only thing you should track down is Superman 4. If you really want to know what the movie was really about, pick up the comic book adaptation that has the original first draft script before the half-hour cut, so yeah. you don't exactly know what the movie was supposed to be. So, you're, you know, by then, you're into the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and Superman in the comic books is failing. Yeah, it's, it's, it, he's gotten, I, I remember as a kid, uh, and Jeff and I are both, uh, ch- children of the late 60s, mm-hmm. so we were early teens by then. Superman was God comics, essentially. He was so super powerful. They did, they, I'm going to explain this, but they did try to do something for the 45th anniversary in 83. They tried to change him. If you remember, that's when they changed Brainiac to a more of a, a, a ro- more robotic. Right, and, and Luthor had a, had a suit, like a power right. suit. Right, they they tried to re, but it was a it was really a lost cause, yeah. and it was at the same time that Supergirl, who had sort of they never quite knew what to do with her. Mm-hmm. She'd she was given um, there was a there was a period where there was a great um, there was a great title called Superman Family, where you got short stories of all the supporting characters. Uh, but Supergirl went from that to something called the Daring New Adventures of Supergirl. One thing I'll say about Superman family before about Daring is they did something that was really cute with Superman. was Mr. and Mrs. Superman. They did a couple of things. That's yeah, right. right. So we should actually backtrack. 78. Um, it was 78, the Action Comics, 40th anniversary. Well, it was before that. No, it was the 40th anniversary Action Comics that they did a marriage of Lois well, and but Superman. Let's, let's sort of backtrack. Yeah. So Superman family, we should say. Um, and there was a Batman family. Superman family is what happened to the Jimmy Olsen comic book. And Lois Lane. Um, they were turned into this an- this anthology book, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had stories of Supergirl. You had stories of Superboy. You had stories of the Earth 2 Mr. and Mrs. Superman. Mm-hmm. You had stories of the, uh, I think, Private Life of Clark Kent ended right. up in some of those. I'm mm-hmm. um, really trying to tell these supporting stories. But the main stories just weren't doing well. Supergirl mm-hmm. had this book by the early 80s, mm-hmm. The Daring New Adventures of Supergirl, mm-hmm. drawn by Carmine Infantino, not in his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, that book failed. Superman was just not selling. Superman Family was ended. And so DC starts again uh, after this major universe-shaking event called Crisis on, in- on Infinite Earths in which Supergirl, in a really poignant, I would say, and I think uh, it's still story, one of the most copied covers also. Of well, of course, it's based on famous artwork, yeah. the Pieta. Yeah. Um, but Supergirl is, is killed for real in Crisis number seven. 
Um, and then for about a year after Crisis, the Crisis on Infinite Earths miniseries, Superman's sort of there, but they don't, there's not really a whole lot going on with him. Mm. Um, and then of course, they give him a great send-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that Alan, Alan, Alan Moore? Moore and, uh, uh, Alan Moore, Kurt Swan art, um, do this just... Jerry, Jerry uh, Julie Schwartz's last issue. The right. Um, just, just do this very last Superman story. It's kind of like they consider that the end of the Silver Age, even though it's confusing where the time frame is. But So they tell this, um, as they say, it was an imaginary story, but aren't they all? Yeah. Um, they tell the story of the end of Superman's career, and it's if you haven't read uh, these the, the last Superman story, it's definitely worth... Uh, w- worth looking up. And then they stop. Full stop. Mm-hmm. A few months later, they start again. With a famous miniseries. <laughs> right. Uh, artist John, artist writer John Byrne comes in and is given almost free reign mm-hmm. to recreate from scratch mm-hmm. the Superman legend, the Superman character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no more continuity he has to worry about. Uh, the Golden Age Superman, gone. The Silver Age Superman, all of those stories, gone. Uh, there were some complications for some of the other titles with, that were ongoing, but John Burton got to start from scratch. He recreated the Superman origin. Uh, he recreated the, the vision of Kryptonite, of Krypton, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Probably the two major things that Byrne did, major changes mm-hmm. to and changes that lasted. Right. One was, Byrne didn't kill off Jonathan and Martha Kent, Clark's adoptive parents, the way they had died. In also, also, his Krypton is more science, more right. science fiction oriented, and, and Superman is once again the sole survivor. Right. Uh, but the other thing, really, really, I think, underrated thing that Byrne did was, Superman never told anybody he had a secret identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was always he actually Clark was Clark played football. He was he, he, he was, was a novelist. Uh, he was he was he was doing he was a high school jock. In, in the old right. Superman version, he was right. the water boy in a sense. It yeah. was it was really a masterstroke to right. say that rather than and, and of course the idea of the secret identity yeah. became less and less supportable. Right. But no one was looking for it because he never told anybody he had one. What's also interesting going back to back to the forties. John Byrne in an interview said he based Lois' persona on the persona he saw in the Ant Fleischer cartoons. That he w- wanted that persona of Lois to be in this new, in the 80s verse. So it's, it's something going back to being a very strong female character, which kind of loses it out over the years. So Byrne, uh, like, uh, had been done in the early 70s, also depowers Superman a little bit. Um, he can't fly in space. He can't fly faster than light. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more. I guess no more super freeze breath, mm-hmm. no more super ventriloquism right. and some of these other powers. Um, he's a much more, if you'll pardon the expression, human Superman. What's also interesting at the same time frame, because John Byrne is mainly doing this, Marv Wolfman also comes and writes the other, other stories. Wolfman is working for Ruby Spears, and then the new Superman animated series comes out, which is kind of a mixture... Of old and new, it's yeah. kind of, it's a, it's a those are hard to find. Um, they're out on DVD, uh, but this was late '80s Saturday morning cartoons, yeah. worth looking up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Superman basically continues. Uh, he over time many versions of many of the classic well, villains. One thing we got to tell also because of the, of the Superman movies, the '70s, there was a comic show called World's Greatest Superheroes which was DC doing a Justice League comic comic strip version. The Superman movie comes out, they drop the Justice League, it becomes Superman teaming up with other other heroes, and that strip goes over to the 85, so 7 years. So he's sort of relevant again. Yeah. Uh, he's more approachable, etc. And, you know, just because we've gone on a long time, yeah. um, the the character evolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he marries Lois Lane. Well, here's the um, Burn Lee's only for two years. He's right, gone, he's gone after two years. So a lot of so a lot of the older uh, villains, the the classic villains, the classic characters are reintroduced in various capacities. I think oh, we got one important thing: Lex Luthor 
Oh, that's true. Businessman. Right. The other, the, the other big change was that rather than being just an evil scientist, Luthor is given a more real world, uh, position. Think of him as Donald Trump as an evil scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, ruthless, who's, who's not mad at Superman because as a teenager, Superman made him go, Superboy made him go bald, but is mad at Superman because he comes in and takes away and embarrasses Lex. He takes away Lex's fame, and that mm. characterization is goes on for years. So, moving on, we have Superman. They have a new TV. They have a number of Superboy. There's a Superboy series right. uh, that was done by the movie people. Right. That, uh, that the has, the that, original movie people. I think it started right before Christ. I'm not sure what time frame was going on. It was like in, right. in, in, It was in between, so it had a little elements of both. It didn't, it didn't know where the transition time. Um, so that actually was a fairly successful, ran for about three or four seasons. Four seasons. Um, in the, I guess, the early 90s. Late, early, early. Late, late 80s, 80s, early 90s, you have uh, Lois and Clark, Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Which at the time they called, like, their moonlighting version, they call it. Right. Like. So it was, and that was a much more sexy, uh, modern Lois and Clark were very much equals. Um, and as their relationship developed on TV, it was also developing in the comics. Mm-hmm. They had to deal with the wedding, and right. then the TV show delayed it, then the comic had to delay it. Uh, but they married and they stayed married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have just more comics, different stories. And then we sort of come up to the modern era, the last few years. Well, we got to talk about what happened with the comics at that time, so I mean, right. that, that's more... Um, so briefly, um, we also got also the one movie before that's that. That's true. Superman a, did return. Uh, right. they did do Brandon Routh's Superman Returns, which was, I guess, a semi-sequel to Superman 1 and never, 2. 3 and 4 never existed according to that universe, basically. Right. And it wasn't quite clear where that fit in. And that movie was mar- somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. It was certainly not a blockbuster. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we bring it up to, to more recent times. Um, they had reintroduced Supergirl. They had reintroduced the Kryptonians. We were pretty much back to, in a lot of ways, they reintroduced Earth well, 2. Well, I think, I feel also got to forget that it was also a wonderful animated series that came out by the people. That's that true. I should, that's true. Another medium. Um, DC had a, had a long, had a, an ongoing, Series of series is starting with Batman the animated series, yeah. but then Superman the animated series, then Justice League, then yeah. Justice League Unlimited, yeah. all done under the direction of Paul Dini, mm. uh, Bruce Tim, and Dini. Bruce, sorry, Bruce, Bruce Tim, Tim um, and those have led to animated movies. Yeah. So he's doing okay in a lot of different media, mm-hmm. but then DC decides that it's not just about Superman anymore. They're going to stop everything. Well, before that, you got to remember there's the other television show that became, Superman became so much more, one of the longest running shows, I think it's the longest running superhero show of all time, Smallville. Oh, that's true. I'm so focused on the guy in the cape. Yeah. I forget that there was a 10-year series of before the cape. Right. Uh, Tom Welling as the young Clark Kent mm-hmm. coming into his powers, um, which was very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see in the later episodes, actually really throughout, they introduce elements of the comics. The, yeah, uh, they try to find a more realistic approach to it. Even you can't, how can you be realistic in a comic book world? But you try to find more of a realistic approach to these kind of um, situations. And he doesn't, I guess, the final episode, he finally learns to fly and gets the suit. Yeah. Uh, so, and Smallville has then become a comic book. Uh, but we a come digital up, comic book. A digital comic book. It's different now, it's a different medium. But we come up to today. Yeah. And so uh, DC decides in 2011, I mm-hmm. guess it yeah. is, mm-hmm. that they're just going to stop everything again. Uh, not just end Superman, but end a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they call it their new 52. But I would say that most of the DC, just kind of like with Crisis on Infinite Earths, mm-hmm. most of the DC heroes... Wonder Woman being an exception, but most of them kind of continued. There were some slight changes to their backstories, their histories, but they were pretty much continuous. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Superman, of course, starts again. Well, look at what happens in the New 52. Batman stories, some changes. Um, 
again, Wonder Woman gets restarted, but less important. The Green Lanterns I think, I continue. Think, Flash, it's kind of hard to say, I, but the Superman I family. I think Superman is, in the new version, is what it, what shows up in the film. That he's not exactly... Well, let's, let's get yeah. to the film in a yeah. second, because we, we, we don't yeah. want to do too long. Right. Um, but uh, the Superman characters, the Superman family, which by, by the, at this point was Superman before this big change, mm-hmm. Superman, his first cousin again, Supergirl, mm-hmm. uh, Superboy, who was not him as a teenager, but was a clone, ultimately... That story changed. Mm-hmm. We even had Crypto the Superdog, <laughs> uh, who kind of came from an alternate dimension, not worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things changed. They redid the origin a few times, but it was still Superman, still married to Lois. And then as DC does this new 52, the one set of characters that gets the most changes are the Superman family. So... Continuity is restarted again. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the history happens. Right. Superman is not dating Lois, uh, right. Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother is alive, I think, but I think his father is killed off. I'm not even sure because they've changed things so much. And also he's not, not welcome on the planet. Yeah, uh, Supergirl comes but is very alien. Yeah. Superboy is this really strange character. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Most of all, Superman is an alien. Now, of yeah. course, he's always been an alien. Right. But always he was accepted. Right. He right. was he was from another planet, but he was ultimately someone who grew up in Smallville, which was eventually put in Kansas. He was an American. He was he 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 saw himself as a human. He was accepted for the most part mm-hmm. as one of us. Right. And that I think that it goes changed. back to the Seagull origins. We're going to the idea of Seagull. Right. Yeah. But what DC, for whatever reason, did was decide that the world would be afraid of Superman. Mm-hmm. And that continues. Um, I think they Batman, Batman's Isaac. But Batman, they always been as a vigilante. They wanted things. Right. But, now but yeah. I, I, look, I'll tell you, as someone who's been reading Superman comics mm-hmm. since, you know, 1970, mm-hmm. I was three, mm-hmm. I, you know, back then, I stopped. Mm-hmm. And you know this, but many of us, I think, stop buying these books because it's not the characters we like. So, you know, I, I, it, it stopped me from buying comics. It doesn't mean I'm not into the character, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have this brand new movie that's come out this summer, Mm -hmm. um, Man of Steel, which, very well, which has done very well, um, is, has nothing to do with any of the previous films. Takes some of its cues from this new vision, but mm-hmm. not a lot of them. I think there's still there's much more of the human. I should say, you know, there is a sign. There is a scene in the film which represents. He's still saying, "I'm from Kansas." Right. He still has that. You know. Um. He has to convince people, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be any much as much of the alien nature. Mm-hmm. Um even though his father seems to fear it, and I yeah. think that's the failing of the movie. And then just today, uh, it is the, let's say, the 21st of July, mm-hmm. um, they've announced the next Superman movie. Will be World's Finest. Will be, or Superman, Batman, whatever they're going to yeah. call it. 2015 will be a Superman and Batman movie, details to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see that 75 years in, after... Being recreated many times, many times, some explicitly, mm-hmm. as with John Byrne, and then the New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. some just implicitly, mm-hmm. with these changes from the leaping an eighth of a mile mm-hmm. bursting shell guy to mm-hmm. super light speed time traveling planet freezing breath. Truth the character will last as long as the medium. It's already become part of the mytho- mythology of legends, in a sense. It has. Um, Superman was the first superhero uh, in most people's views. They mm. were certainly precursors to the character, mm-hmm. um, but he was the first one. He's who exploded everything. He made everything. And he was the one who also led the way in all the different media, mm-hmm. some more successful than others. Right. But any time you have an opportunity to have a super-powered character... Mm-hmm. Uh, or even someone who will someday be a superpowered character, <laughs> as in Smallville, 
Superman is there. And you can really see a lot of reasons why that character works, but ultimately, my take on it is that Superman is the hopeful one. That's Even the new movie mm-hmm. suggested that uh, his symbol meant hope. Right. But Superman has he, all... The, he's hope of the next step of evolution, in a sense. But he's also yeah. hope for for someone who could be bad. Right. right? Someone with those powers. Yeah. That's absolute always po- been... A- absolute power corrupts absolutely the famous, right. li- famous line. But not him. Right. But not he, I should say. Right. Uh, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever the cause, um, and however they've changed the character, ultimately, even today, where the world is afraid of him... Mm-hmm. He still is using the powers for good. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always resonate with the cynics. Mm-hmm. And it may not seem the most modern, uh, yeah. it may not seem the most modern concept, but ultimately that idea mm-hmm. touches people, different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think as long as there are media in which to spread it, maybe it's not comic books, mm-hmm. but there will always be a place for the Man of Steel. Right. Uh, and so we take his lead mm-hmm. and see where this podcast goes into different media and different mm-hmm. characters, mm-hmm. but we hope you enjoy it, okay. and uh, we look forward to doing it again. Bye. For show notes and additional content, visit our website at fourcolorseparation.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes.